Genesis chapter 13. Continuing, continuing on Abraham here and uh, talking about Abraham and, of course, Lot. And the two of them are, uh, are about to part ways here. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. I am in chapter 12. I should be in chapter 13. So I'm going to go to chapter 13 now. We're starting good. We're almost 10 minutes late and I'm in the wrong chapter. All right. Genesis 13 verse 1. I just thought somebody needed that first part. No. Uh, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even even to Bethel, onto the place where his tent had been the beginning between Bethel onto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord Uh, and so here's Abraham and now he's going to get up out of the land of Egypt and of course he went down into Egypt bad picture right down into Egypt down is bad uh, and headed into the world ultimately Egypt the type of the world and now he is coming back up out of there and the Lord is bringing him up and it's a wonderful thing when you and I get to understand we need to get back up out of the world and out of the uh, rudiments of the world and get out of those that mindset and go back to where the Lord wants us to be and so uh, that's that's where we're gonna we're gonna kind of start things up this morning let's have a word of prayer and get started father I thank you for the day we thank you once again you are good to us and your mercy endureth forever and father we thank you that they were renewed again this morning for us Father, without them, we'd be consumed. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would bless our morning. Uh, Be with us, Lord, as we uh, open the Word of God here in the Sunday school hour, that you'd give us wisdom and understanding and help me to say everything we ought to say. And, Lord, that you would bless our time together. Lord, that you'd be with Pastor as he preaches this morning. Father, you'd open his lips and help him to say exactly what you need from him today. Father, that you'd help us to have ears to hear and hearts that are willing to listen and to change with the Word of God and what you have to say to us. And Father, we pray that you would bless the day be with Brother Rumsey. Uh, Lord, is there uh, going to be? He's going to be preaching tonight. We pray you'd bless. Lord, once again, we pray you'd come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's uh, here is uh, uh, Abram, and he's going to go ahead and get this new start. He's going to get started on something new. Uh, he learned down there in Egypt that he was not supposed to go. He's not supposed to leave that place uh, where you leave your testimony behind and you go where you shouldn't go. Uh, That's the first thing he learned. He learned that uh, ultimately if you leave uh, your altar, the place where he had built that altar, he left that behind and he lost that good relationship that he had. Uh, you say, what did it cause him? Well, it caused him not to, not to make good decisions. It caused him not to uh, seek God in wisdom and understanding. Instead of praying, he chose, well, you know what, Sarah, uh, just say that you're my sister. Don't, don't tell him. And he gets into lies and he gets into trouble. Uh, you get into trouble when you get away from the place that God wants you to be. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world, and he shouldn't have gone down in a fleshly direction. Your memory verse, of course, today is, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not... No, that's not it. Which one is it? Which one is it? 
Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right, good. I did have the right one in my brain. I didn't look at it earlier, and that's what cost me right there. See that? Uh, he's going in a fleshly direction. He's decided to choose to go toward the world. Uh, when you walk that way, when you walk that direction, you're choosing what the world wants. You're choosing the world's mentality. Uh, you're cho choosing to do those things, and you leave behind the things that God wants you to have. Uh, he learns the lesson of Abraham gets up and he goes back up to Egypt, from Egypt to Bethel. Uh, he gets up and he goes back to where he knows the blessings of God were. Uh, he gets back and he goes back to where he knows the truth will be. He's looking for that place where he ultimately stepped away from God to go his own place and take care of himself. Uh, we too should do that. We should learn from our mistakes. Go ahead and figure out that, you know what, uh, we need to go back and we need to fix those things and get back in relationship with the Lord. Uh, that's, uh, figure, out, figure out the last place you had good fellowship and get there and go ahead and fix it right there. Uh, it's a good lesson to learn. And just uh, don't get discouraged and don't get downtrodden. Go back and just get it fixed. Uh, the Lord is not one that uh, says that, well, you know, one try and you're over with. That's it. Uh, he, is, he is a God who just continuously gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And uh, he's amazing at it. And you can get back and you can go ahead and you can try again. And here's Abram. And Abram is, uh, you know, he's the father of faith, we call him. You know, he's the one who the Lord uh, goes ahead and shows off how great he is and uh, how great of a man of faith is. But the truth is he was afraid of a famine and he went down to Egypt to go get something from the world instead of trusting that God could take care of him where he was. Uh, he was afraid and he left. Uh, and fear, we talked a lot about fear last time and how it drives you away from where God wants you to be because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And Abram got into fear and he got away from God. Because he didn't choose to trust him. Well, God gives him another chance. He brings him back. He's going to try again. We know later, right, he's going to go ahead later uh, and he goes with Ishmael. He goes ahead and tries to make it happen himself. Didn't learn from that mistake. Chooses he's going to make it himself. He loses fellowship with God. God gives him another chance to have Isaac. Uh, it's over and over again. God does that not just for Abraham. He does that over and over again. He tries to give another chance for us to be able to serve him, another chance for him to be able to work in our lives and to better us and to make us into what he needs us to be, another chance to serve him, another chance to learn. And so praise the Lord, he just keeps giving another chance. And here's Abram and he's got another chance. And he comes back up and the Lord goes ahead and reminds us uh, that uh, we get to, you know, we remember the things that we forgot about. He remembered where he left God, where, where, that, where that split started to happen. And so he repents and he goes back. He goes back to where he was. Uh, it's a good practice to have. We understand we, we got something wrong. Okay, recognize it, repent uh, and go back. Remember where you were and go back and, and repent and get there. Get back in fellowship with him. Uh, we all stumble, we all fall, but the Lord, his mercies are renewed every morning. And we get to go ahead and try again uh, and go ahead and try some more. And so praise the Lord, he keeps letting us go and he keeps letting us uh, come back to him. And uh, he goes ahead and lets us repeat. We, we may fail a few times at the same thing. And the Lord says, I'll, I'll, we can try again. We can try again. We're not done yet. Uh, we're still breathing. And since you're still breathing, uh, I'll give you another chance. And until he calls you home, I'll give you another chance. And uh, if you're willing, he's willing. 
That's the wonderment of who he is. If you're willing, he's willing. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that if you're willing to try again, he's willing to help you try again. Uh, he's able to forgive and he's able to work and he's able to try. And so there he is. And so Abram's come, coming back. He's coming back out. He's bringing Lot with him. He's still there with Lot. And we know that's a problem. He hasn't, he hasn't taken care of that yet. Here we are and we're going to find out a problem's about to happen, right? Uh, verse number 5, And Lot also, which, uh, here in, in Genesis 13, verse 5, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was so great, uh, was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, betwixt me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate, separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, and it was, that it was well watered. Everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram and Canaan and Lot dwelt, dwelled in the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Uh, here, is, here is the separation starts. They've got, they've got so much gain and so much wealth between the two of them. Now the Lord is blessing. Uh, the Lord has promised to bless Abram. Uh, and Abram gets the blessings and he gets the blessings. But everybody Abram's around gets blessings just because Abram's around. Uh, it was happening in Egypt. Even when he's there, they're getting blessings. And they understand, hey, I'm getting an increase because of you. Uh, it happens later, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's working for Laban. And Laban gets the blessings, and the blessings of his cattle gets multiplied, and he recognizes that's because you're here. Uh, when God decides he's put a blessing on someone, it just spreads to everybody around him, whether they recognize it or not. Uh, and the Lord is blessing, and ultimately Lot is blessed, not because of Lot's greatness. He's blessed because he's hanging out with Abraham. Uh, he's blessed because Abram and him are together, and they're walking together, and the Lord's just blessing because that's the way it works. And God's blessings are overflowing to Abraham over onto Lot. And Lot's just getting some blessings. And Lot's getting such increase that the two of them can't stay together. The land can't bear it. The herdsmen are fighting because they're fighting over what they can eat. That's basically what that is. Uh, one herdsman, no, this is our field. No, that's my field. You know, And they're fighting over, over the substance they have to be able to provide. And Abram's going, well, I don't want to fight between me and my nephew here. Uh, why don't we separate? Let's, let's see if we can go in a couple different directions. Uh, just because I don't need any family issues here, just because your herdsmen and my herdsmen aren't getting along right now. Good deal. That's a pretty wise answer. Uh, Abram and Lot had too much stuff, and so they go ahead, and the more stuff you have... Uh, the more problems you have. You find that in Ecclesiastes, right? Uh, you get more stuff, you get more sorrow. That's, that is the balance right there. Uh, you can have more stuff, but then you've got to maintain all that stuff and keep, all, keep track of all that stuff and have all that stuff. And then you get stressed, you're going to lose all your stuff. And then, right? And the Lord says, uh, well, much gain is much sorrow. And here he is. And Abraham and Lot, they're getting into sorrow. They're getting into troubles. Uh, we, should, 
Never let the material possessions that we have or don't have uh, get in the way of our relationships. Uh, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't affect the relationship. Instead, it certainly shouldn't affect the relationships between you and the Lord. Well, you bless so-and-so with something and I don't have it. And Okay, well, you can take it up with him, but don't let it affect the fact that he's still God and he's still taking care of you and he's still meeting your needs. You may not have all the things you want, but you've got all you need. And uh, you, ought to be, you ought to be grateful to God that you have all that you need. Uh, he supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, he goes ahead and makes sure that he's, he's got everything taken care of for you. And He looks around and He says, uh, what, you know, what do you have need of? And you and I, we're in a place where we don't really need much. Uh, we, we don't really need much. Uh, we want a whole lot of stuff. Uh, and the world has geared it so that you want more stuff. And then you got to figure out where you're going to put it so you tear down your barns and you build greater barns. And the Lord says, yeah, but you don't need all that. Uh, I'll supply all your need. And he takes care of us over and over again. And uh, don't, let, don't let your wants and your desires, the things that you can't have, uh, don't let a house full of gold cause you to fall. Say, who's that? Balaam. I'll give you a house full of gold if you could curse Israel. Well, I can't do it, but I'll tell you how you can do it. You can get God to do it. And he sells out Israel. And he sells out the Lord. Why? For a house full of gold. He let something he wanted get in the way of his... He had probably one of the best relationships with God on the planet. That's probably almost ever been. And he turns out to be a type of, of the Antichrist. And <laughs> How'd that happen? He went, from, he went from the place where he had people from literally hundreds of miles away come to him and go, I know God answers your prayers, so I need you to pray for this. I don't know about you. Uh, I don't have too many people coming to me and being like, hey, I know God answers your prayer. And so if you pray this, God's just got to do it. So, But that's the relationship Balaam had. Balaam has God Almighty show up at his, the foot of his bed. In his room. And he doesn't just completely fall apart. He just says, oh, hey, Lord, what can I do for you? <laughs> Lord showed up at the foot of your bed. Yeah, we're changing our sheets. That's what we're doing. Lord shows up at the foot of your bed. It's all over with. You're like, nope, I'm done. Uh, the, Lord looks, the Lord shows up at his bed, and you know what happens? They just have a normal conversation. And Balaam sells out God because he let something he wanted, the riches that he wanted, get in the way of the blessings that God had for him. He gave up the relationship he had with God and he dies for it. But that's, that's a whole other thing. And so here we are back in Genesis so that I don't get too far away. Lot, uh, Abraham is walking in the Spirit now. He's starting to figure out that the blessings are back there at Bethel. I'm going to go back to Bethel. He gets there, and he goes ahead, and he starts restoring some things with the Lord. He calls upon the name of the Lord there uh, in verse number 4. He gets back to that altar. He gets back, and he tries to get back in fellowship with God, and he recognizes uh, that, you know what, I need to separate from Lot. And he goes ahead, and he puts, he puts uh, Lot before himself even. 
He looks at Lot and he says, you choose. I don't need to choose. It doesn't matter which direction I go, the Lord will take care of me. That's the answer right there. He's going, hey, uh, I'm, I'm all right with whatever the Lord does. He allows Lot to choose the part that he wants. And Abraham goes, I'll just go in the other direction because my God shall supply all my need. Uh, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I'll be content with what he gives me. Uh, you go that way, I'll go this way. If you go this way, I'll go that way and we're fine. I have no problems, whatever, whatever you want to do. Why? Because the Lord's going to go with me wherever I go. So I'll be all right. Uh, and he'll take care of me. And Lot goes ahead and instead of learning from, uh, from what Abraham, Abram learned, uh, he goes ahead and makes a fleshly choice, right? He lifts up his eyes and he takes a look at what he sees. And we all know the old saying, right? Looks can be deceiving, right? And he looks and he looks down and he looks over that plain and he says, boy, that's well watered. That's some good, that's some good cattle land right there. Uh, that's going to that's gonna take care of me. It's got water. It's got great grass. It's got everything I need. It looks so good. It's amazing. And he chooses by what he sees. And it reminds me of Genesis chapter 3. Eve, when she saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. She saw it the way the devil wanted her to see it. And as soon as she saw it the way the devil wanted her to see it, you know what she was? She was caught and she was trapped and she was stuck. He snared her, he took her, and she ate the fruit and she died. Why? Because of what she was looking at. We deal with it all the time. We deal with situations. I'm dealing with situations right now, not in this church, and uh, some some situations, and I'm getting little bits and pieces that I don't even want, and people are people are asking me questions, and I'm I'm looking at, it, and you know what my answer was, I have no idea what's happening there. I say why? Because I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't know. From the looks of it, you realize you have somebody tell you a wonderful story. And they probably think that it's true. And then you talk to the opposite person. And they tell you a story that is totally different than the other story. And in their head, it's probably totally true. And the two of them tell a story. And it's supposed to tell the same story, but neither one of them got the story. And they're both mad. And they're both upset. And things are falling apart. Say, so what's the problem? I could look at that and go, well, obviously. I mean, you hear the first guy and you go, well, yeah, that looks right. Right? The first person that comes, Proverbs, they look just in their cause, don't they? They look just. They look justified. I mean, they've got to be right. I mean, they're the first one that came to me. And then you hear the whole story and you go, well, maybe they weren't so justified. Well, because every man is right in his own eyes. And you look over some situations, you know what you'll have a problem with. If you go by your flesh, you're going to make the wrong choice. And you've got to go slow. And you've got to decide. And he looks out over, over that plane, and you know what he does? He goes by what he sees. Well, it looks good over there, and it looks really bad where I am. Okay. But what happens, too many times we go over there and we find out, it wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. 
we got the thing we wanted. He gave us the desire of our heart, but we got leanness in our souls. Why? Because we chose what we wanted to choose. We chose by the flesh. We chose by the things we could see. We chose by the things that we wanted and we desired. And instead of choosing what God asked us to choose and asking his consult and asking his wisdom and asking for his understanding and his counsels, we go ahead and choose to go the way we want to go because of what we look at. Well, it seems like a good choice. Okay, but it could end you in ruin. He makes a poor carnal decision. He doesn't look to God for direction. He doesn't turn to the right place and instead he just trusts the lust of his eyes. And he chooses to dwell right next to Sodom. And the men of Sodom are exceeding sinful. And the word Sodom actually means to burn, burning. Uh, They were burning in sin. And God consumes them later with fire. And The land around Sodom all looks great, but God doesn't see it that way. Our fleshly eyes look and we go, oh man, that looks so great. Isn't that the life of the rich? The poor man looks at the life of the rich and he goes, oh man, I want all those things. Well, if I had, I would. And then you find out the life of the rich isn't so great and their suicide rate goes up. And they're not happy. And they're not content. And they keep wanting more. And they keep, and they got to be wicked to go ahead and keep it. And they got to do all these, and they don't have a great life. But we look at the outside and people go, well, it must be amazing to have the spotlight and the, and the greatness. And the, well, Peter got the spotlight. How'd he do? You know, you have no idea. I preached a message on Andrew before, Simon Peter's brother. And Andrew did some awesome things, and those are recorded, and the little things that he did. They don't seem like much. Like, he, he wasn't Peter standing up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? He wasn't Peter going in, and he wasn't Peter where, you know, he stands up. But he also wasn't Peter who cursed and swore at a fire. He wasn't on record denying the Lord three times and having the cock crow. He wasn't the one the Lord had to call out on the carpet. He wasn't the one that uh, the Lord had to say, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that are of God, but the things that are of men. It, none of that's recorded. Say, did Andrew make a mistake? Yeah, but it didn't get recorded. Why? He wasn't in the spotlight. Peter had the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And his failings were brought out real quick. Say, what is, what is Lot doing? Uh, he sees the greatness and he wants it. And God looks at it and says, that place is wicked. Mm-hmm. And Lot says, yeah, but it looks so good. Mm-hmm. And the devil will make you think that. Lot decides he's going to turn towards Sodom. And so uh, notice, notice his descent. In verse number 10, he lifts up his eyes and he looks. Number one, he looks towards Sodom. Number two, he chooses. He chooses to go towards Sodom. Number three, he then pitches his tent towards Sodom. In verse number, thir- uh, verse number 12. 
Then you jump down to chapter 14 and verse number 12. And they took Lot, Abraham's brother, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Now he's dwelling in Sodom. Well, Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 1. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Now he's sitting in Sodom. So what's he doing? He's doing nothing. That's how Lot backslid. He backslid just by a look. He looked, he set his eyes on something, and he desired to have it. And he got it. You know what men do? Men set their eyes, and they have a desire, and they go toward the desire. And that's why the Lord told you in Hebrews chapter 12, do look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. What you set your eyes on is where you'll go. You'll end there. You'll end there. You'll have a goal and you'll have an aim, and that aim, you'll hit it. Uh, gentlemen, we are very good at making things happen the way we want them to happen when we really, really want it. I want that, and I will figure out a way to get what I want. And the Lord will try and stop you, and he'll try and stop you, and he'll tell you, you know, he'll give you a way to escape that you may be able to bear it, and you won't take it, and you'll keep going, and you'll get the thing that you want, but it'll end you up in a place like Sodom. And that's where you won't want to be. And you and I both know we've done it. We've all done it. We've all, gone, we've all gone after something we shouldn't have gone after. And the Lord said, okay. <laughs> and we found out later, I don't want this. And thankfully, thankfully, hopefully, you'll learn it when it's a small thing and not a big thing. That's not an entire life and your entire family goes down into Sodom with you. But that's the truth. That's what he did. He chose. He goes ahead. He looks. He makes the choice. I want it. That's what I want. That's the desires I want. And he keeps going toward it. And he gets a little closer and a little closer. And now he's in it. And now he's sitting down with them. A group of people that God called wicked and sinners before the Lord. <laughs> Exceedingly. That's the group he got around. Say, isn't he, a, isn't he a relative of Abram? I mean, doesn't he know better? Of course he knows better. But that doesn't stop him from going. It doesn't stop him. He keeps going. Well, isn't that, isn't that person a Christian? Aren't they a child of God? Yeah. Yeah. They're probably saved. They just got looking at the wrong thing and choosing the wrong thing, and they ended up in the wrong place. They made a determination. They were determined. And they ended where they wanted to be. So here he is, and Abram's going to separate. Now, the separation comes, and we'll keep reading here in just a moment. Um, but Abram, he doesn't, he doesn't go ahead and force Lot to choose which direction he's going to go. He goes ahead and he lets Lot make a choice. Uh, he decides he'll live with what was left. Now, He's going to let God work things out because he understands that God is going to take care of it. Uh, he goes ahead and sets his pride aside and goes ahead and says, take whatever it is you want to take, uh, wherever you want to go. Now, it didn't happen this way, and none of this is in here, so I'm going to just slide this in, even though I started late and I'm 
running through these notes. Um, you know what's interesting to me is Lot chooses to go towards Sodom. And so Abram's going to go the opposite direction. Now, let me just posit this thought for a moment. What if Lot chose the opposite direction and said, Abram, you've been really good to me and that land looks really good. You should just have it. You're the reason I'm great. You're the reason I've got all this stuff. You're the reason that I'm blessed. Why don't I give you the better looking stuff and I'll just take this stuff over here. And Abram goes down and he goes down into that plain. I don't think it ends the same as, as Lot's story. I don't think it ends the same. Because I just, I think Abram's walk with the Lord was going to, although he may go toward a wrong, terrible place, the effect may not be the same because of his walk with the Lord. Lot walked away. Now that doesn't tell you that you should go to a terrible place just because. That's stupidity, all right? Don't do that. Uh, don't go to bad places and go, well, I'm strong enough and I'm big enough. Uh, that, was, that would be the lot, ironic, uh, the lot fell that he would go that direction. The choice was split, and so God would, would go ahead and protect him in the way that he was sent. He already sent him into the land of Canaan. Isn't that part of the land of Canaan? Well, yeah. Well, then he's going to lead and guide him through the land of Canaan. So if God sends him that way, he's going to be okay. His family will be okay. And I think instead, Sodom and Gomorrah will still be destroyed. But I don't think Abram ends up in Sodom and Gomorrah. I think he moves in a different direction. He doesn't have to stay that close. He can move past it. He doesn't have to stay right there. He can move wherever he wants to in that direction. But Lot got content with staying right where he wanted with all the sin. Abram didn't have to do that. Lot didn't have to do that. Lot could have made the choice that I can move past that plane. I can keep going. The land is huge. I've got plenty of room. I can go where I need to go so I can get away from the things I don't need to be around. And I think that's the choice Abram would have made. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the choice Abram would have made. I think he would have made the choice that I don't have to live in sin in Sodom. I can go and carry on somewhere else. I don't have to stay here. Uh, I, don't have to, I don't have to sit there just in that little plain area. That wasn't the only area he had. He chose one direction. And Lot got so focused on that one spot that he stayed and sucked him right in. And here he is in uh, verse number 12, Genesis 13. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it into thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abram removed his tent and came uh, and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now notice, notice why I said what I said just a minute ago. He looks around, and that included, that included eastward. That included the direction of Sodom. And the Lord said, all this is yours. Included in Abram's land is the plains where he was just sending Lot. Mm-hmm. 
where Lot has chosen to go. The Lord says, all that's yours. Now I want you to go and journey up and down and go, go everywhere. Go check it out. Go see everything that I've given you. So the idea that he's going to stay there is not really the same as it is for Lot. Lot sees a good deal and he goes ahead and takes it and sits there. And he wastes it away. And you find that same, that same type of a progression there in Psalms chapter 1. And here's Abram and Abram goes ahead and he separates. Lot's going to become a friend of the world. And Abram's going to become a friend of God. And they separate and God goes ahead and blesses him and now he speaks to him. Amazing. You separate from some things and some people and the Lord will talk to you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Almost as if he wrote that in the Bible. Um, and God told him to lift up his eyes and look. Now he's going to look. Different look. Before Lot looked and he saw what he wanted to see. Now the Lord has Abram look. And Abram lifts up his eyes and he looks and with great contrast of Lot, Abram goes ahead and is told that he's going to have this land and that it's going to be an ex this expanse that he is looking at from ultimately from the river of Egypt until the great river Euphrates is all his. And the look that he is getting is the survey that God wanted him to see over the top of the entirety of the land. And he says, it's all yours so we can go wherever we want to go. It doesn't matter what direction Lot chose, we can go wherever we want to go. Because now it's you and me. Isn't that a great difference? The answer is, I can take you anywhere in this world I want to take you. Because it's all mine. And I can take you wherever I want you to go. And wherever I tell you to go, you can go and you'll be safe and you'll be fine because you're with me. And it'll, I'll accomplish what I need to accomplish just, just that way. I'll protect you. I'll take care of you. Abram, you went down into Egypt last time, but you don't have to go down into Egypt. Mm -hmm. You got me. You don't need Egypt. Mm -hmm. You've got me. You don't need the world and you don't need Lot. You don't need family and you don't need the world and you don't need anybody else. You just need me. I'm enough to take care of it. That's what he's telling, that's what he's telling Abram. He's going, hey, Abram, look around. I promised all this to you. I didn't promise it to Lot. <laughs> I promised it to you, and now that everybody else is gone because I told you to separate from your family originally and you didn't do it, now that you've separated, now you and I can have a conversation again, and here we are. And on top of that, he says, I'm going to make the, your seed as the dust of the earth in verse number 16. Everybody try to count dust? I'm not. Not even trying. You say, how, how many is that? A lot? <laughs> It's a lot of people because there's a lot of dust and his offspring comes and it's not just the physical offspring later. It's going to be the spiritual offspring as children of Abraham there in, in Galatians. You and I are spiritual Abraham. We become, we become engrafted in to that body, engrafted into that tree. And we don't take the place of the tree. Don't get me wrong now. Israel is still Israel, but we become spiritual Israel. We become a nation of our own, a peculiar people, zealous of good works that we're supposed to be. And we're supposed to be walking with the Lord now. 
Abram walked with the Lord. We're supposed to follow suit. We're supposed to walk with him and walk and do what he asks us to do. And we can go anywhere he asks us to go because we know his safety. We're journeying through the world just like he was. Uh, we're walking through the land and uh, we're, uh, we're sojourners and we're pilgrims and we're ambassadors. And that what Abraham would have been? And he was looking for a country which hath foundations, or a country, uh, a heavenly country, and a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Wasn't that what you're looking for? <laughs> uh, not looking for a, I'm not looking to build a kingdom here. The Lord will take care of that kingdom. That's, that's not mine. But mine, mine has a city that has foundations. It's got 12 of them, in fact. And uh, I'm not going to get into all that. I'll get all off sidetracked. I only got a few more minutes, and so I'm going to finish. But he says, uh, he says that he's going to be as the dust of the earth. And then he tells him uh, to go ahead and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And uh, God, Abram walks through the land. He's commanded to walk through the land. The believer uh, is able to walk out on God's promises and go ahead and step out by faith and trust that God can go ahead and do what he told you he would do. Uh, God will provide. Well, I don't know. He's telling me to do this, but I don't know if he'll provide through. Of course he will. If he told you to do it, he who told you, he's, he's faithful. He'll do it. The Lord is faithful to do what he told you he'd do. And we lack in faith because we are too afraid to do what God asked us to do. Uh, we're, we're very muchly, very muchly creatures that would love assurances and securities. We want, we want the substance and we want the, we want the assurance now that God's going to do what he told me he's going to do. Well, I need some proof here that God's going to do it. Okay, well, the proof is sitting in your lap. It's a Bible. And the Bible proves that God has never come short ever. And he's never owed anybody anything. Well, then, he can do the same. If he can take care of Abram in a land where he shouldn't be... <laughs> And promise him an entire nation. And if God does that for Abram, couldn't he do that? Couldn't he protect you just walking around in this life? Couldn't he just, couldn't he just take care of everything? And you say, well, what if I die? Well, then I guess he let you die. And you died doing what he told you to do. So you'll probably get a good, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into thy rest. Uh, so yeah, but I, I don't like that idea. What if I die? You're going to die sometime. We're all going to die sometime. Unless the trumpet sounds, we're all, we're all goners, all right? We're, we're as good as dead. So that's why Paul could say, well, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, that's why he looks around and he says, I count all things but loss, that I may win Christ. Uh, that's, why, that's why these guys... Uh, could do that. You say, why? Because they recognize the fact that if they die, it's because the Lord let them die, but they did what he told them to do. It's God's orders and his instructions. And so God oftentimes sends us in a way, and sometimes it's down a path where you and I would be afraid, and we'd feel there's obstacles, and we need to understand that we need to have faith that God can help us get past our obstacles. He's got some things that you and I should stay separated from. So that we don't get drawn in to the rest of the world and what they're doing. 
He's got some things that you and I ought to be able to fight and defend and take care of and go ahead and move forward with. And it's by trusting him. Abraham learned how to make a good decision. He learned that you don't go down to Egypt for help because it led to lies, loss of testimony, and he also gains Hagar. Hagar is an Egyptian. Say, where do we get Ishmael? From Hagar. Oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. You say, where'd he pick her up? Down in Egypt? Down in the world? Well, it was just a trip down to the world. Yeah, but he, he lied and he lost a good testimony and a good standing. That king's, what kind of wickedness are you bringing on me? And then kicks him out and sends him away and Hagar comes with him. It's amazing the things you'll bring back from the world. You also learn don't let fear rule you in a famine. You have to trust that God is able. When it seems like it's a famine, don't be afraid. The Lord will take care of it. When you need things, God is the one who supplies all of your need. You also learn don't leave your altar. The altar is the place of fellowship, sacrifice, and direction. That altar is that place where you get to learn what he wants you to do and then go ahead and do it. It's a place to come and worship him. The altar was a place of worship. Not just a place of sacrifice, but a place of worship. It also was the place where God was able to lead and guide his men. And so don't leave the place that God puts you in. And then when he puts you in and he goes ahead and does that, he'll tell you when you can move. He told Abram to move. Arise, go and walk. He'll tell you when it's good to leave. But until he tells you to leave, there's no reason to leave. Well, there's, you know, I just can't get along with someone. Well, fix it. Fix it. The Lord gave you a great way to fix some things. And uh, how good and how pleasant it is that brethren dwell together in unity. And there comes a time when someone needs to separate, but that's because somebody's being worldly a lot. That's not the same. And he tells you how to deal with that too in Corinthians. But the choice is going to be yours whether or not uh, you're going to go ahead and walk in the Spirit or you're going to walk in the flesh. Uh, this is amazing, the, the dichotomy, the two, the two paths that, uh, that Lot and Abram take are so vastly different. And it shows very plainly when the flesh is involved and when the Spirit is. And who's in control of what's going to happen? Lord, I do thank you for the day. I thank you for your goodness. And Father, we pray you would bless, uh, bless Pastor Legault as he preaches. Give him strength and wisdom and understanding and help him to have all the right words and the right timing so that Jesus Christ can be high and lifted up. And we pray you'd get the praise in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. All right, take a break. I am a little late.